takes a village. You know, I spent the better part of the last decade traveling around the country, trying to teach people the tactics of branding and marketing. And, you know, it was an amazing experience, but also really challenging. And, and I ended up, you know, constantly trying to evolve what I was saying, you know, and what I mean by that is trying to evolve it so people could understand it and so they could act upon it and really learn how to propel their businesses. And in this context, we're talking agents and teams and brokerages and some of the brands and figure out how to take the, the tools that exist from, I'll say old school marketing, you know, which is sort of more personal and, and very direct sales tactics to new school, digital marketing, social media marketing, content creation, all of those things and how to apply them, you know, in a way that supports the business and puts winds in the wind in the sale of the business. And, you know, I ended up, I wrote a book, um, which don't buy the book. The book is outdated at this point. And what I mean by it's outdated, it's as outdated as all of the social media posts that are basically telling you a bunch of tactics. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges and maybe the biggest mistake that I had in my assumption was that people needed more tactics. They needed more information about the strategy. They needed to know exactly how to do the thing to create a funnel and exactly how to write the copy for lead capture, exactly how to create the content and a format for the content, all of those things. And, you know, I toured the country, you know, even before the book, you know, with, I'd say a great experience for many of the folks in the audience and myself, um, but I left it feeling like something was missing. Um, you know, I felt like there was, I wasn't getting through. And what I mean by that is I would look around after a long period of time and I would look around at many of those that I had spoken to and they would reach out to me and say, I want to do it. I still want to do it. You're like, I definitely want to build the brand or I've got a website. I want to make it a better website. I'm, I want to do content. I want to set up a nurture campaign. I want to be consistent on social, like all of the things that are parts of building a marketing organization. And, you know, it started to feel like what I was talking about in many ways was a listicle, you know, so much so that like, if you look at what's on, Instagram or Pinterest or wherever you follow your social, it's almost like the tactics and the strategies exist, but there's something missing. And most people are searching for the one thing like that, that elusive nugget that is going to make it all work together. And, you know, that really got me thinking, you know, I took a break, a a big break. I really got Um, I'd say somewhat disillusioned with creating content and somewhat disillusioned with um, speaking. I started writing another book and then I stopped because it felt like it was a continuation of how to talk about, I'd say, the tactics and the strategies, Mm -hmm. but not really 
focused on what I started to think that there were some fundamental shifts that needed to happen. Um, and, you know, this pandemic has been, you know, I don't even know what the words to say are. It's been ineffable in a certain sense. Uh, but a few things that it's caused me to think deeply about is community and, and, you know, much so on a personal level, like what is, who do I want to spend time with? What's my community? What about the people around me, whether that's physical or at a distance, like what is it to be in a community? What's the village that exists for me and what, village do I participate in? Of course, there are lots of them, right? And especially as social allowed, has allowed us to uh, be in multiple places at once. Um, I personally ended up moving to the country as somewhat of a response to the pandemic, meaning, you know, I had some kids and kids don't listen. So especially my older kids, and I didn't want them to be in situations where they, you know, they don't follow rules, right? They're, they're teenagers. So the concept of, you know, social distancing for them was just another thing their parents were telling them no matter what we would say. And so we moved to the country and uh, that has been a beautiful thing, but also a reminder of a certain amount of isolation, which is um, I couldn't travel. I couldn't just go hang out and have dinner parties and all of those things. So really thinking deeply about What's my tribe? What's my community? What's my village? Um, of course, I, like you, uh, if you have kids, tried my hand at homeschooling. Um, I failed miserably. Like, I'm horrible. Horrible is probably not a good enough word to describe my ability to homeschool. But um, what I provide is a warm place for, for people to homeschool and uh, I feed people really well because I cook for them and what have you, but I'm not a very good homeschooler. But I did become exceptionally aware of the amount of individuals that participate in the education of my children um, from relatives and family members, like all of those concerned from the teachers and the coaches and the administrators who are thinking about ways in which to get kids back to school and have them learn to, you know, the folks that are actually dealing with getting them in and out of the schools. Like there's just, there's a level of infrastructure that I don't think I was paying attention to. Attention to. Um, you know, it started to remind me, it actually made me sort of flash back to my childhood. And um, I, you know, grew up, maybe not like everyone, but I grew up uh, in a way that lots of children do is they don't, they aren't aware of their environment. And my upbringing seemed normal to me, maybe not normal to other people, but it seemed normal to me. I mean, I had uh, very young parents. They were 17 when I was born. They didn't stay together. Um, whole bunch of stuff. We could talk about it at another time about that, uh, that I know now and didn't know then. Um, I ended up living with my grandparents, which for me was in many ways magical. You know, think of a soft, you know, warm, cuddly grandmother that I called mom who 
cooked three meals a day and she grew things in the backyard and we're talking about Jamaica Queen. So I might think beautiful farm, but in the middle of a somewhat dirty city, I wasn't aware about that. Um, but it started me thinking about all of the people that participated in my upbringing that I was not aware of the aunts that took me on vacation, the uncles that took me out the ball games, the cousins that included me in their games, like all of the individuals that were part of me feeling like I was part of something. And, you know, it's, it's somewhat of a miracle that we get to where we get, right? It's like some of it's luck, some of it's hard work. And some of it, in many ways, is like the grace of the generosity of the people around us. Like, I'm sure you all have stories about, you know, some random individual that helped you in a time when it was really critical. And my life is filled with that. I mean, my wife tells me that I have a fairy godmother. I mean, the time and time again, there were instances in my early childhood that should not have turned out positively and they did for whatever reason you know i'm lucky in that sense you know when i think about this it it started me thinking about this revelation which is we've been sold a myth of solo entrepreneurship and sold Sold is maybe too strong of a word, but we've all, we love the entrepreneurship ethos, right? It really, it's like, it's, it's what countries are built on. It's like, you can go somewhere and you can, you can make a name for yourself. And of course I subscribe to this. I'm a, a benefactor of that possibility, but I think we've, we've taken it a little too far. It's like, if you think about, someone mentioned to me the other day that they call it hustle porn, right? Uh, which is, you know, scrolling, you know, through Instagram, looking at all of the work harder, hustle more, do more type things, uh, which quotes that people do. And, um, you know, I get it. It's, there's a little like, yeah, let's go rah, rah. That's fantastic. But if I, if I look at the 90% of businesses that are successful at marketing, it is not a solo endeavor. In fact, it takes an infrastructure that is almost unmanageable. I mean, it takes dedicated resources that are really focused on how to adapt to a changing environment, how to adapt to individuals or an audience that is more and more distracted, how to adapt to new tools and technologies and platforms, how to use those things in some sort of symphony that doesn't just bombard the customer, how to stay in touch with, you know, the customers that you have. And I, and I started thinking about that, like there's so many people involved, like there's creatives, there's writers, there's designers, there's marketing operations. You might not even know what that is, but if you have a bunch of tools, there's generally someone that knows how to use them. You know, there's all the demand gen stuff. We call it demand gen is when you 
you pay to drive leads or you create content to drive leads, but there's like a, there's an SLA, a service level agreement, like you're paying a certain amount and you expect a certain return on that. I mean, there's just lots of people that are part of the process. And that's not even including if you're the human behind the brand, you're the face of the brand. That's just another hat you have to wear. And like any business, marketing is just one piece. That's just one hat you have to wear. And so the concept that you as an individual can be an excellent salesperson, an excellent coach, an excellent marketer, an excellent business person, an excellent project manager. Like in my world, I would call that a unicorn. And so I feel somewhat guilty in that I have been complicit in sort of feeding the illusion that it is possible for an individual to do all of those things. And yeah, it's so simple, right? I just show you a technique or show you a tactic or show you a strategy. And it's like, it's so simple. You can figure it out. And I go, what am I doing? And so it's really interesting when I, when I had that revelation, I started to think about, well, what's the village that exists in this world of real estate that we inhabit. And I started to think about all of the brokerages that I pay attention to that are thriving by delivering what I would call agent happiness, really focused on how do they train and onboard their agents? How do they help plan the business with an agent? How do they help them strategize as an individual agent and your broker? How do they strategize to create some success? You know, how do they help you use the tools? How do they think about branding and marketing? And they've set up infrastructure to do that. And I go, well, wow, that's very similar to the world that I inhabit. And that one happens to be, they call it SaaS, right? Software as a service where we got a lot of different players and we have OKRs, objectives and key results in all of these different areas. And I started to think about the, the clearer path to me. And this to me is the secret that I was not aware of, but it in many ways is right before my eyes, which is there are brokerages that have created infrastructure. And there certainly are agents that need that infrastructure. And there, there's somewhat of a, of a gap. So what I started doing was I started to look at the agents that are really successful with marketing and trying to correlate, is there a correlation between the support that they have? And 100% of the brokers and the agents that are doing well that I interviewed, they have a team behind them. And I don't mean a team like a real estate team. That's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, 
by chance, that's sort of why people are forming teams. And so they can create the infrastructure to be more effective at the various pieces that they need to deliver to the market. And so I started to think about, hey, they, if you are an agent today, you have a village. You may not be in the right village, but you have a village. And, and this, this concept of agent happiness and meaning that the broker brokerage, the organization has dedicated themselves to providing real infrastructure. And I don't mean just they give you some tools and good luck, because that's not infrastructure. We can all get tools. And I don't mean that they just give you some instruction and good luck, because information is ubiquitous, meaning you can go on the web and you can type how to blah, 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 and you can get a trillion results for that. So it's not that the, you need more information, is that you need someone to collaborate with. You need someone to collaborate with that has your best interest in mind and is putting the resources behind that collaboration. Because without that, it is really, really difficult to be successful at marketing. Now, there are some outliers, but I would venture to guess. And so what I mean by the outliers, there are some people that are really good at TikTok and they have great followings, but it's hard to do that and run your business, right? Remember, marketing is one piece of the puzzle. You also have to do the sales and you also have to project manage the business and you also have to you know, do everything else involved in making that business thrive and, and nurturing the bottom line. And so it's not just that you need to collaborate with one person. You generally need an organization because you need a village. You need teammates to help you work through this. And that to me was in many ways like a light bulb. And it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things allow you to find a path. Because when I look at, at marketing, I get, I, I get calls all the time where people want to figure out how to build their brand fast. And what I tell them is, well, what kind of resources do you have? How much money do you have to throw at it? How many people are part of your org that can work on this and, and apply considerable calories to doing the work that's necessary to start the brand? But as we all know, a brand has a heartbeat and the heartbeat requires a drumbeat of activity to make sure that that brand reaches more people, stays in front of those people, provides value to those people. That doesn't happen by copying a Canva template. That happens with some real creativity and some real thought and some real consistency. There is structure behind brand building and there is structure behind marketing. And so when I think about, you know, going into 2021 and going into 2022, we have the ability to rewrite the playbook. And what I mean by that is doing it yourself 
is really a non-starter. Now, you got to come to the table with the work ethic. If your broker is going to provide tools for you and they've really invested, and I'm not talking just check the box, but they've really invested and they're going to help you use them, you got to show up. You've got to collaborate as if you mean it. And so I'll give you an example. In the world of um, SaaS business, we have businesses where you can have employees, right? In real estate, agents are independent contractors. And there's a stark difference there that I think about a lot, which is if I have someone on my team and I know that they should be doing something, I can sit down and have a quarterly review and go, hey, you're not actually doing the activities that we both know are really good for us to succeed. And I can then replace that person. And the, the challenge with real estate is that, you know, brokers can't really hold them accountable. I mean, they can go, hey, I really don't want you working here anymore. But I mean, hold them accountable for a plan, like uh, a plan to move forward, a marketing plan, a business plan, something that would improve the success of that individual agent. Can't hold them accountable to that. They can only suggest and cut and do all the things and nurture and invite you to, you know, little brunches and talks on a regular basis. And, you know, I venture to guess if you could get enough drinks into your admin or into your marketing manager or into your broker and ask them, what's the biggest complaint you've got about working with agents? And they would go, I do all this stuff to help them succeed, but they don't follow through. So that's the flip side of a broker providing agent happiness is the agent needs to want the happiness. I'm going to say that again. The broker can help lay the groundwork and they can hire all the right people, but you gotta want to meet them more than halfway. And without that, it's fine. I mean, you're, you're in a great place. There's great culture. Culture is fantastic. Super important. Culture does not pay the bills. Building a business that is supported by marketing, that is supported by sales infrastructure, that is supported by managing of all the details, that's what builds a business. And we see it playing out in lots of ways today, which is, you know, lots of people complain about the VC-backed pick a type of new brokerage, whatever, you know, the challenge with them is right now they don't necessarily need to make money. So they're sort of, it could be perceived that they're doing a great job. I don't know. I know that some of their stuff is really pretty and shiny and all that, but we're playing in an uneven landscape and we need as much support as we can get. So if you are working in a environment where you feel like they have good ethics and you enjoy working with them and they are working hard for your success, that's the time to lean in to that. And that's the time to partner with your brokerage, partner with your admin and partner with your marketing manager because they want nothing more than for you to succeed. In fact, their greatest joys when they do their work is when they do all this work and someone actually takes advantage of it because the worst thing for them to do is to do all this work and it just sort of sits there 
they might create a website for you. They might create some marketing materials. They might, you know, help you set up your CRM. But if it's not used, it's useless. And so I know this is maybe counterintuitive and certainly a departure from where I have been speaking, which is, you know, hustle more. Here's some tactics. This is stuff you can do. And we can talk about those things another time. Those are easy to find. But what's hard to find is the environment in which to thrive. It really does take a village. Thank you very much.